You're listening to the Church at Grace Point Leadership Podcast with Eric Powers, Justin Mucka, Sam Connor, and Sam Keel as we walk through Lead Like It Matters by Craig Rochelle. Today, the guys talk about what it means to get it back and guard it. Enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome back to the Church at Grace Point Leadership Podcast. Got all the guys, Justin, Sam, and Sam. Uh, I'm Eric. Uh, today is the last show of the season, guys. Uh, how we feel? Great. Yeah, yeah Justin, you got to turn your microphone. Person. I'm here in person, microphone. guys. Uh, how about that? Uh, it works out that we, we record this on Thanksgiving break. I'm actually in Cleveland uh, for a moment. That's that's fun. Uh, but yeah, uh, we're working through Lead Like It Matters by Craig Rochelle. It's been uh, fun working through this book. A lot of good ideas, a lot of good discussion. Uh, challenging book. Um but we're finishing it up today. Uh, we've got three chapters to knock out. Uh, well, two chapters and a summary. Uh, it's pretty quick, but uh, let's jump into this thing. Uh, chapter 13 is titled Centered Around It. It's all about being centered as a leader, being centered, being centered in God, being uh, centered in what he's called you to, uh, pursuing it through him, pursuing it with him, and what it looks like to be a centered leader. Uh, this this chapter, guys, was, was pretty like uh, challenging. I feel like this chapter was pretty much like just going at it. Um, just really challenging your leadership, challenging. Uh, it's a heart check, really. Uh, like, where's your heart? Um, are you are you doing this with God? Are you doing it for him, through him? Uh, just reminding us uh, that, uh, you know, it uh, cannot be bought. It uh, is a work of God, stuff like that. I, I love how he continues to challenge us with that throughout this book and remind us uh, that this is not on, it does not come from your strength, your resources, your abilities. It is a work of God. Um, God does it through people and God can choose anyone he wants to do it through. Does that make sense to, to give it? Uh, and so I love that he keeps challenging us with, with that. And this time it's like, hey, are you centered? Are you really centered mm-hmm. in God? Are you really centered um, and and pursuing what he's called you to, pursuing it through him, with him? Are you walking with him on a daily basis? Stuff like that. Um, and, and what it looks like to be a centered, uh, a Christ-centered leader. And we're going to get into that, but it's a, it's a challenging chapter. What do you guys think? Yeah, it's definitely a hard check. You kind of you stole the words uh, right out of your mouth because you're kind of like, you have to take a step back and um, evaluate, you know, where you're at kind of in that. Um, and he has the, uh, the illustration of like the, uh, the three uh, ways you can be uh, off center and you kind of have to evaluate. Um, I don't want to jump the gun too much, but it's like, you know, he talks about, you know, you can fall into one of these, yeah, let's go ahead and Category. jump into them because that's a great way to start. Yeah, um, but it's like kind of taking a step back. Like, are you you know annoyingly insecure, consistently unpredictable, or distastefully self-absorbed? I think it's it, you kind of have to realize that you're going to fall into one of those categories more times than not and like understanding where you're at and how you kind of get yourself back in the center. I was definitely like, having to take a summary and of myself to see where I'm at and how I can get back closer to center. Yeah. And I think one of the ways that you get to like a, a quick way that you can see if you are one of these off centered leaders is by, and I think he makes this point by the leaders you're producing, right? Mm. What, what kind of leaders do you see around yourself? What kind of people do you see around yourself? How do you see people reacting to you with you? Like how do you see people working with you and stuff like that? 
because he says, and we can do this one at a time, all centered leaders are annoyingly insecure, and so they produce insecure followers. Uh, like if the people that you are leading are constantly questioning themselves mm-hmm. and silencing themselves because they're insecure with their ideas and their thoughts and and the things that they're teaching and stuff like mm-hmm. that, it's time to take a look at yourself and be like, am I creating this atmosphere yeah. of insecurity? Am I insecure, yeah. therefore creating insecure leaders? Well, hopefully you're still at a place where you can recognize, hey, maybe we should take a step back. Um, but but yeah, like this this first point here, of the it factors. It is always a work of God. God does it through people and God can choose anyone he wants. And there's a quote that I used to actually kind of hate because it just sounds cheesy, but it's like God calls the unqualified, which is so true. But it, and that's not an excuse to be like, oh, well, I don't need to, you know, uh, have personal like build time and, and, and I don't need to learn more. And I don't, and I already have it all figured out because I'm educated. No, it's like, you still need to learn. But, but still like God, you know, throughout the Bible, God uses the unqualified and the uncalled. And that, that really does resonate with me. Um, now going back to this, like the annoyingly insecure, I feel like every leader is insecure and I feel like insecurity is, it keeps us humble. However, how are you channeling that? Where are you, where are you putting that insecurity? How are you operating in that insecurity? Is your security, are you fought, seeking security? Because when you're, you're insecure, you seek security from somewhere else. Yeah. Are you seeking your security from, from the word, from the Lord, from your calling? Or are you seeking security from, from people, from the actual ministry? Are you seeking security from the, the work, the you know, day-to-day work? Are you seeking security from the product that you're creating you know, is my product good? Yeah. And I think the important word here is annoyingly mm. insecure. It's not like you just have this healthy yeah. insecurity that, like you said, keeps you humble and trying to, it's the annoyingly insecure where you're constantly needing affirmation. Like you're mm. constantly questioning every move you make. You're constantly uh, asking, you know, just questioning everything um, and then therefore creating those kind of leaders. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. So you would, you would think being overly insecure would kind of mean that, you know, pride isn't necessarily your issue, but in reality, it, it it is prideful because again, your focus isn't on like what the Lord's doing. It's only focused on you and your own ability and worrying about what you can do. And um, we talked about Galatians six last night and there's a couple of, ver- there's so many verses that really hit on this, but these really stuck out to me. <clears throat> because we spent a lot of time on verse three and explaining how we get there. But uh, Galatians 6, three says, for if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. That doesn't mean you're putting yourself down, overly putting yourself down, because then again, your focus is on like, wow, look at how terrible I am and not look at how awesome he is, which in verse 14 of that same chapter says, but far be it from me to boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. So it's telling us who the person we're supposed to be boasting in, like the the person that we're supposed to be centered on the focus that we're supposed to have, and it's not on yourself. So whenever you're just, think of it like that, whenever you're just putting yourself down constantly, it's, it's not in any way a good humbleness. It's it's only focused on yourself and not focused on the work that the Lord can do. Yeah. And I, I think it's a whole lot easier to follow a confident leader too. 
than it is to follow an insecure leader. Um, like you need, it is easy to follow. A, 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 let me give an, an example. Will be when you're when you're reading scripture and you come up to a word that's difficult to to say. Yep. If you just confidently say it how you you're gonna say it. Yep. Then that's how it's said. Mm-hmm. Like period. Nobody's gonna question it. Yeah. Uh, but if you sit there and I, this, I'm guilty of this. This is what I do every time when I come up to a word where I, I'm not sure how to pronounce it or something. I'm quick to stutter a little bit, mm. pause even, and mm-hmm. be like, I don't know what I'm saying. Uh, follow it up with a, that probably was wrong or something mm-hmm. like that. Just joke about it a little bit. Uh, but if you say it confidently, and so it's it's that kind of concept just proves that it's easier to follow a confident leader, yeah. one that can make a decision, stick with a decision because, and this is important, It's be, the reason he's confident is because he is following or she is following God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it, if the person, if a leader is closely following God, then they can be confident in the decisions that they are making, yeah. therefore making it very easy for people mm-hmm. to follow you. Yeah, Craig Rochelle defines a uh, leader, a centered leader uh, in this two, three, is that the fourth? Uh, it factored down in this chapter. He says, uh, centered leadership is secure, confident, fully engaged, guided by values and obsessed with the mission. Obsessed with the mission is like, Huge. I feel like when we're obsessed with the mission and that's our focused and we're focused on the calling, we're focused on the reason, we're focused on the why. It's like, I feel like being centered kind of falls in line. Like you, you, you fall into being centered in a way. Like if you're really focused on God, really focused on that mission, really focused on people, um, centered leaders. And then he goes down, um, further on, center leaders have an inward confidence in God that is substantial and enduring. Yeah, I, the next, uh, he also says off-centered leaders are consistently unpredictable and produce hesitant followers. Mm. Uh, I like this one too, because it, I think this really throws it back on the leader. Again, it's a heart check, right? It's like, what am I doing every day to best prepare myself to work and lead and serve with other people? Um, if people come into the office and they don't know what Eric they're going to get today, mm-hmm. uh, then that makes them hesitant. And, and sometimes it makes them not want to come to work. Like if I come in one day and I've got a boss that or a leader in my life that's like bubbly and excited and gung-ho about the mission, obsessed with the mission, and just like completely driven. And then the next day I come in and I, I show up to a person that is ticked off and just angry and and. It makes it unpredictable, right? Mm-hmm. And so it makes you super hesitant. Who am I talking to today? Who am I uh, pitching ideas to today? Who am I uh, in the office with today? And it makes you hesitant to make moves and to suggest things and to even open your mouth at all. Well, and like, um, I think of this too, like how we how we run things too. Because mm-hmm. um, this is definitely like, if, if I was honest, like out of the three, this is definitely the one that like I tend to... F- um, get into like being off center with, because like I'm I'm constantly trying to evaluate the systems and how I do things and mm-hmm. how the ministry I I kind of lead does things, and I so often want to just change things because I want to change things, just because I feel like it's been that way for so long, and we gotta like freshen it up or we gotta do this differently or something, and a lot of times like you do that and you aren't bringing people along with you. People miss the memo, you don't communicate, and then everybody's nobody's on the same page. Um, you know, so just understanding that sometimes it is okay to be consistent. 
like consistent um consistency is key mm-hmm. and like there's nothing wrong with like yeah don't become I I don't say don't be consistent because consistency can lead to complacency where you're okay with just being yeah. okay. Yeah. But being consistent in this, and that kind of goes back to being confident, being consistent that this works and I don't have to change things all the time just to like feel like things need to be freshened mm-hmm. up, if that makes sense. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm like game for like tweaking, um, tweaking things and making things work. And that's great. But it also, if you do it too much, you can really lose people too fast because they're like, okay, we just got here and now we're changing this and this and this and this. And it's like, it's not a, it's not a sprint. It's a marathon we're in, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. One thing I realized when, so th- I would say that this is my first like actual ministry position and ministry um, opportunity. And, um, the first thing I realized when I did come here was the that what this worship team needs, what this team needs is consistency. It needs to be, they need to, they need to be able by the third Sunday I'm here, they need to be predicting this is the like the outline of what we're gonna do in rehearsal, at least, you know? And then with that, keep doing rehearsals, keep doing rehearsals, keep doing rehearsals, keep doing the full band rehearsals. Then it came to a point where it was just like, I felt like we were stuck because only Again, everyone has different lives. Everyone has different jobs. Everyone does different things. People have families. People have, and it's like very unfair for me to ask too much of you know my volunteers. So I'm very mindful of that. Um, so we ended up splitting some um, rehearsals, and it's like even with the vocal rehearsals, keep having rehearsals. And I mean, there are exceptions when it's like you, me, Lane, and Asia, or, or uh, me, Lane, and Asia. It, yeah, and we're, you know, it's, we're all friends. And so we hang out anyways. And so we can like go over parts whenever. But um, but yeah, no, um, for sure. Um, consistency is definitely key. Like, because when you keep consistency, people know what's happening and they feel a part, you know? And then that's when it gives yeah. people room to actually breathe a little bit. And like, they know they're coming to rehearsal at 6.30 and we're going to hit these four songs that you've already prepared them for, like give them the resources for, they're going to come ready and they're going to come excited. So, And it gives them confidence. Yes. Like they can run with you. Yes. They're, they're in this thing yes. with you. Let's, let's do yeah, it. They know what's happening. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. There's Eliminate the question marks. Yeah. Yep. That's good. I think that it's important to also realize that uh, consistency doesn't mean complete absence of change. I think that there's yeah. good change that builds yeah. into consistent con- consistency as well. And I think like say I'm I'm doing like I'm trying to bring across a message uh in this idea and something needs to be changed to continue that that message and that idea. Um I, I think that in those ways change is a, is a good thing and it doesn't confuse people because they see where it's going. And that also um, brings apart um, the importance of communication. Mm-hmm. Like if we're not talking to people and we change things, even if it's to build something consistent, then it it really throws everybody off. And you can be, you can make changes and talk to people about it and have everybody on the same page going through the change. And that provides a consistent message that you care and that you're you're working with them, yeah. you value their yeah. opinion, and you want things to go well. That goes with the people that you're like 
like say Eric and I, like the students that we're or preaching to, the students that we're um, speaking to, like it, it provides a message that we care about them, just like the leadership that we have. It provides a message that we care about their opinion too, and we want to we want them to be prepared just as much as we can. Yeah, and I think when you consistently evaluate and are trying to get better, you also show people a picture, a visual of almost the gospel in a way, because it's like, what's happening in your life? Well, I'm constantly trying to strain towards and work towards and allow Jesus to change in me and create in me and make me more and more like him into the image of Christ. And so I think that also has to happen in our leadership too, that we're consistently uh, evaluating as well. Um, Yeah. And even so, like you talk about that, like if you want a um, good example of consistently consistency, just look at God's word. Like it has always been the same. It will always be the same. Now, the thing that like you're talking about consistency doesn't mean there isn't any change. The way we've shared God's word has completely changed mm-hmm. from two, 2000, even just a hundred years ago. You know, how God has, God, how God has called me closer to him now is completely different than how he's called me to Excuse become me. closer to him, you know, 10 years ago. Mm. The call is still the same, come to me, but how we get there is different. You know, how we share... Well, how we present it. Yeah, how, how we How we get there is still the same too. Yeah, it's yeah, Jesus, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. So it's like how I, we, how I mean, we like present it. The changes I need to make in my life now to get closer to God yeah, that's good. Are, are different. That's what I mean. The changes mm-hmm. we make now, you know, like me as a 24, almost 25-year-old adult, adult is a lot different than a 14, 15-year-old kid. Yeah. So that's what I kind of meant there. Um, gotcha. But the message of Jesus, the life-changing good news of Jesus is the same, has always been the same, and will always be the same. So you can have consistency mm-hmm. and and the healthy growth, the change that you, that you need to see. Yeah. And the next thing he says is, off-centered leaders are distastefully self-absorbed and produce resentful um, followers, uh, yeah. leaders that are distastefully self-absorbed, are uh, they produce resentful followers? I mean, we all know this. Like we've been around the people that that want to talk about themselves more than any, anybody or anything else, um, and that could lead to idolatry. I mean, you can become your own idol, mm-hmm. um, and, and so uh, these distastefully self-absorbed. I, I love his descriptive words. It's not just self-absorbed people. It's like distastefully. It's a whole nother level of, of self uh, self absorption. Um, they produce resentful followers. They produce people that do not want to be in the room with you. Mm-hmm. Um, it produces uh, uh, just an atmosphere that is 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 not tasteful, and it's just like, can we talk about something else? <laughs> mm-hmm. Can we can we talk about the goodness of Jesus and not the goodness of you and your ideas and stuff like that? Resentful followers. Again, that goes back to Galatians six three. Remember, you're nothing. He's everything, kind of thing. Like, and again, it's it's not putting yourself down because we also figured out that that's not a good thing. It's it's lifting him up constantly. Mm. Um, oh man, I can't. Pastor Phil said something that stuck in my and I I guess it didn't stick in my head because I can't remember exactly what he said, but. I think I actually have it written down somewhere. Somebody else can pick up for me, and I think I can go back to it. But It's the whole thing of like, you know, um, getting to the end of yourself. 
like being okay to let yourself go, let go and let God. Like that sounds so cliche, but it's it's so true. I mean, we were just like we were just talking um, the the times in my life where I've like distinctly felt the leading of God, the direction of God, like the opening of doors that need to be opening, opened the closing of doors that need to be closed is when I like, for lack of a better term, like get over myself. Mm-hmm. Like when I'm just like content with letting God, and I don't, when I don't know the answers, when I don't know where it's going to go in the next days, weeks, months, like, I mean, just this, this, this past year of my life, like when I've let, go of like my own strength and who I think I have to be and let God lead. That's when I felt to move the most where I'm not, when I'm not so caught up in how I have to present myself and, Oh, I have to be this and like building myself up and mm-hmm. just kind of like, just let it go. That's good. Um, yep. I mean, we're more like Christ when we follow his example. We're not here to be served. We're here to serve. Right. Yeah. And, and in the next chapter, I know he talks about, John chapter three, where it's like, as we decrease, he increases. Um, and we may talk about it in the next chapter. We might not, but we can go ahead and bring that verse up now. Like as, as we become little and smaller, like we actually are, mm-hmm. because when we are actually compared to God, we are very teeny tiny mm-hmm. and God is massive and huge and indescribable. Mm-hmm. And so it's just like, we must decrease so that he can increase. Like we I decrease as you increase. You know that song? No, I don't. Dang. What song is that? Is that more Holy Spirit or something like know. that? Uh, I don't know what song that is. Yeah, we used to sing it in like Camp Square all the time. And one, gotcha. one time somebody somebody sang, I increase as Whoops, you Jesus. decrease. <laughs> yep. That's a great song. But yeah, no. That's that's the idea though. Like uh, Christ set the example for us. Uh, even the 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 Son of Man did not come to yeah. be served, be served, but to serve and to lay down His life for His His sheep. And so, like we do the same thing. We follow His example. We become small. We become uh, insignificant. We become the least of these, so that He can become everything for everyone. Um, yep. Yeah. I. Um, that quote that Phil said, uh, he said, we don't need to think less of ourselves, just think about ourselves less. And mm, I like it. Uh, mm. the acronym of joy Fire. is always one I remember for like, we are working on pride, right? Jesus, others, yourself. That doesn't mean you, you push yourself down so far that, that it makes the other things come up. It's you you push those things up, you, you lift others up and you, mm-hmm. of course, you lift the name of Jesus up above everything else. And so, yeah, you, you fall the third place in that, but it's, it's more so like Jesus and then everything else. It's not necessarily like Jesus, others, yourself. Think of it as Jesus up here. Like you guys can only hear my voice, but my hand is high. <laughs> you got <laughs> to describe it because it's, it's radio. <laughs> as much as, as high as my hand could be like, but even, even more than that, like Jesus is way up there. And then um, everything else is below that. Yeah. It's good. It's good. And so he, he kind of counters this, uh, these ideas of what uncentered leaders look with, uh, look like with quick, uh, statements of what centered leaders look like. So centered leaders have an inward confidence in God that is substantial and enduring. Centered leaders are strategically consistent, relentless, and boring. Uh, this is a, I love the, the, play that he had here he described it being boring because they're so consistent like 
you can predict their moves. You can predict their next move. It's not a bad boring. It's a good boring. Uh, they find out what works and do it over and mm. over and over again. And then center leaders are, are, are mission-driven. They are consumed by the mission and keep it front and center for their organization. Yeah. Uh, and it's easy to get behind and, mm-hmm. and, and, and run with a leader that consists of those things. Mm-hmm. Keep the best, forget the rest. Mm-hmm. You know, be predictable. No, no, know what's coming and know how you're going to respond and make sure the people around you know how you're going to respond and how you're going to operate. Um, cause like you're saying, you never, you, it's hard to be under someone, um, in, in a business, um, you know, on a church staff, let alone from a volunteer standpoint. Um, if you don't know what your leader's like going to be like or how they're going to run things or how they're going to operate. Mm-hmm. Like there's nothing wrong with over-communicating those things a little bit because people forget and new people come in. You want to grow, um, you know, you want to grow and bring new people on, you got to be constantly communicating. The vision. Yeah, because <laughs> as soon as someone comes on, you could be like, I've just said it and they're going to miss it for, mm-hmm. you know, you have a vision night once a quarter and that's the only time you talk about uh, your vision, someone comes in a month in, they're not going to hear it for another three months. Yeah. What are they going to do for two? Like, you just got to be constantly, yeah. not to That's, say vision nights are, because vision nights are great. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But like constantly communicating like what we're here, what we're doing, what we're about and how we're going to get there. Yeah, that's that's also another step that I take. I have this big old document that, um, that I go over with anybody who's, interested in, in the worship team. And I give it to them. I give it to, I'll give it to anybody who asks for it. Um, if you're interested or if you don't want it and, or if you don't want to be on the worship team, you just want to read it. Yeah. Just come pick it up. But I very distinctly, distinctively have our sole purpose in this ministry is to support, or we are through music supposed to be pursuing, what is it? Passion, purpose, or provision. we're supposed to be discovering provision, purpose, passion, and there's one more, peace. peace. Yes. I got I st- it. I still know. I got it. Let's go. Eric still knows it. But yeah, no. And it's and it's like we have somebody who's um, about to come on to the team that um, he's coming to the rehearsals. He's doing all the, the preliminary things I'm um, asking him to do. And I've, and I've told him, here is our vision. And this is what we stand for. And this is why. And um, I think that works. But also... Honestly, I need to do a better job in restating that to the whole team week to week. I really do. Um, Because I do it like once every two months when we have our potlucks. But um, I mean, we've talked about it in this book before. It's like it's almost robotic for him and his Mm -hmm. leaders. Like they know the vision. They know it really well. It's almost robotic. And so it's like. It's almost cultish, uh, is what he, how he described earlier in this book. R- book, right? It's, it's, but it's not that it's a cult. It's just that this is how we're going to do it. And this mm-hmm. is how we're going to accomplish it. Um, so, next chapter, chapter fourteen. Uh, it's titled "Do You Have It or Does It Have You?" Uh, he's pretty vulnerable in this chapter, guys. He gets super vulnerable in this chapter. He talks about the time that he lost it, um, and, and I love how he describes it. He shares a lot of wisdom about how to get it back. Um, how he got it back. And it's based off of this statement. God will help you find what you didn't mean to lose. Mm. And, and so it's like, 
And the way he describes it, I love this. He, he describes it as ever so slightly he lost it. It's, it's not that it, it was overnight. It was not just one big move. It was just ever so slightly he took his eyes off of off of it, off of God, off of, uh, uh, off of relying completely 100% on God. Uh, something he says on 218, he says, um, as pastors, we wholeheartedly believe that God exists, but we often do ministry as if he doesn't. Um, and, and I love that statement. And then also, Moving on on two nineteen, he says, "When we ha- this is this is kind of how he describes it. How it becomes just ever so slightly. How they lose it ever so slightly. I like how he describes this. He says, when we had limited resources, we thought God was all we needed, and He was the answer to all our problems. Then, as we had increasing resources, we thought we needed them, and they became the answer to all our problems. And so it's just like again, it's not a." Uh, they didn't have all the resources all of a sudden. It was just as their church grew, as their resources grew, and it was ever so slightly, they became more relied on, relied more on the resources Mm -hmm. than they were on God. And and so they started losing it slowly, slightly, you know, one step at a time. It's kind of the same way that you gain weight, you know. Uh, you, You gain a pound a week, at the end of the year, you're going to gain 52 pounds, and it makes a difference, right? And so it's like you're not just gaining it all at once. You're gaining it ever so slightly. Um, and so um, right here he describes it, and, and this is a vulnerable chapter, guys. Yeah. This is a this is a big-name pastor that's described, hey, we've lost it before, but guess what? You can get it back. Um, and, and how he said – and it takes vulnerability and, and just you getting really small um, – to get it back, you, you've got to be able to admit that you've lost it. Uh, you've got to you've got to be able to admit uh, to an Almighty God that you have taken your eyes off of Him mm-hmm. and you've stopped relying mm-hmm. on Him and you've replaced Him with some stuff, um, some resources and stuff like that. Um, and so what he says, he says, you might need to start with the confession: I've lost it. I've taken my eyes off the prize. I've been distracted from a wholehearted pursuit of Christ. And, and I love how he describes it. Like the first thing, the first step to getting back to it, guys, mm-hmm. is that we've got to admit it. We've got to own it, that w- it's it's our fault, that we've taken our eyes off the prize. We've taken our eyes off of a wholehearted pursuit of Christ. And we've got to spend some time in confession mm-hmm. and get back on our knees and get back to his throne. Yeah. Pride comes before the fall. and. Right. Um, it's time for us to fall on ourselves, like fall ourselves. Like don't wait for it to get too late to where it's like it crumbles down under you because you're too prideful and, and you didn't see, the, you, you saw the signs, but you ignored them because, you know, don't, don't be that person. Fall before, you know, you get pushed over. Yeah, and I think um, I don't want to derail the conversation, like, because uh, I think, of course, it is super key, like, to, to come to that moment where you can be vulnerable between you and God and maybe people around you and kudos for Craig Rochelle for being vulnerable to anybody that reads the book. I mean, hundreds of thousands of people or, you know, whatever. But I think it's also like, it's not only a check for us and if we have it, it's also, and I think it's kind of low key in here and maybe it wasn't his prime purpose for this chapter, but it's also like kind of a check of how we're, how are we affecting the people who have it around us? Like, are we being that wet blanket? Like, not only do you have it, but how are you affecting other people who have it? Like, you know, he talks about, like, from the get-go, he talks about, you know, have you noticed that new believers often have it? They're unreasonably excited for Christ. They have that childlike faith. 
And then like you're talking about, over over time you lose it. And a lot of times that comes from the more, quote unquote, more mature, uh, air quotes, um, believer um, says, all right, it's time to get, you know, it's time to get on the, 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 the daily grind and it's not fun and da, 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 da. Like, don't be that wet blanket. Don't be that guy that, that, that kind of dampens that fire. Um, check if you have it and how you need to get it back. But also I think you need to check how you're supporting the people around you that have it too. Yeah. The, the people that you're linking arms with, um, because then if you're fueling their fire, they're going to turn around and fuel your fire. Fuel your fire. Mm-hmm. And, and then it's like that's where that wrapping back around to, you know, camaraderie and things of, yeah. things of that nature. So It's like anybody that, that tells you that following Jesus is going to be like perfect, mm. like really easy, mm. it's a lie. But also anybody that tells you that following Jesus is not fun is also lying. <laughs> it yeah. is absolutely... So much fun, so yeah. much worth it, and and yeah, so peaceful, so good. And like, I think like surrounding yourself, like no man is an island. Surround yourself because sometimes you don't even realize you, you don't have it, and it's going to take people around you that you trust that you have given yourself, like that you've given accountability to, to check you to let you know, hey, let's get let's recenter ourselves. Yeah, like how do we bring ourselves back into alignment with who God is, and like. I think that that makes it easier for all of us to grow yeah. when we're when we're holding each other accountable and we're letting uh, helping each other out with those places where we kind of fall short. And, yeah, and, and surround yourself with people that are going to stoke your fire. Exactly, and not just throw water on it. You yeah. know, uh, put people in your life that are going to breathe some some fresh air into it. Yeah, uh, and so that means. And also be that person too. Yeah. Like, uh, don't be somebody that's always throwing. Like you said, you were the wet. You said the wet blanket. blanket yeah. Like uh, that's a good uh, visual. Uh, don't be that person. Like, be somebody that's going to ask people tough questions. Be that person that's going to tell people about what you're learning in mm-hmm. scripture and what God's mm-hmm. challenging you with, and just be excited about it. For goodness' yeah. sakes, yeah. like. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I heard a pastor tell a story one time. He, he had a, a confrontation with a lady uh, in his church. And it, this is so funny. It was like uh, she came up to him complaining, upset, um, just saying some some kind of side-eye comments kind of thing. And uh, he said, <laughs> he's like, do you love Jesus? And she was like, yeah. And he was like, well, why don't you notify your face? <laughs> like, hmm. And it's just like, it's just, it, it's so like, it's just a it's a great message of just like maybe that's not the best way to handle it, but it's just a great message of like we should be joyful about this and we should be stoking each other's fire. We should be firing each other up about about Jesus, about living for Jesus, about what we're what we're learning and stuff and, and just doing everything we can to have it, to keep it, um, and to just uh focus on God uh so that we can keep getting it from him. Yeah. One of my favorite parts about whenever I was lifting really heavily was the fact that I got to just be around people. I guess you would call them like-minded who were all there to, to grow, to, to build each other um, up. I had, I remember a specific time where I was making a big jump in a, a max, uh, was doing a weight that I had never even attempted before. Uh, that was, it's quite a big jump from where I was. Um, was that probably the best idea? No, but um, I see as I'm getting ready, like thinking about doing this, 
I see a group of like my friends, like people I'm really starting to get to know, just they all came in together and there's probably like eight of them. And uh, it just seeing them uh. <laughs> fired me up a little bit because I'm like, okay, now I now I got to do this. I have this weight <laughs> on the bar, all right. And then I went and talked to talked to another guy that's in there that I know, and for the, tried out like someone smacking me on on the back for the first. Uh, there's a whole point of me telling this whole story, by the way. Um, we believe I'll, I'll just get there eventually. So I he would. I never had the, anyone do this, and I haven't done it since. That's not because it didn't work. It's just because I haven't done it since. And so whenever I would go to lift the weight, he would smack me. He smacked me twice on like on my shoulders. Like hype you to up. To hype me up, yeah. yeah. Uh. And like, it's, and this, guy's, yeah. this guy is like, he's a strong guy. And so he he's going to whack me. He's going to whack me pretty good. And... And so he does this, right? He whacks me. We ha- the whole group is there just watching me, just like yelling as loud as they can. Like the whole gym, I don't know if it was that full. I can't remember. But every- basically everybody's looking at it. And I go to that bar, and the the weight I'd done before had just kind of came off the ground a little bit. Dude, when I picked that thing up, it was like I had no weight in my hand. I just stood straight up with it. And everybody's like, what in the heck? <laughs> mm, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. It's, and all that to say, like, you know, sometimes – it takes a little whack on your back to get you going, mm. you know? Like, mm. sometimes you need someone in your life that's going to give you a good old whack on the back to get you started. Like, you need somebody, hey, what? you used to have such a fire for preaching the word, right? So yeah, well, let me feel, make that, your shoulders feel like fire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Let me show you what real fire is. No, like, somebody just to, to give you, like, a wake-up call, like, mm-hmm. hey, remember what you're doing this for still. Yeah. Remember, like, you've got people, you're not in this alone. Just, like, physically, what you can see, you have people, leadership around you that is friends in ministry that are here to help you out, mm. friends that are there to hold you accountable to start you up, but also remember who you're doing this for and ultimately, I wasn't lifting that weight to to make myself feel like, yes, I want to make myself feel good, but this is going to sound really like cringy in a way, but I'm, I'm lifting that weight for God to glorify him. Mm. If we talk about anything that we do to glorify him, it's something that I'm doing. I'm, I'm lifting that weight to glorify him, like... See the talents that you have given. Mm-hmm. Look mm-hmm. at what the strength that look, he's given you. Yeah, I, that's good. I'm, I'm going Come to on, give preach. something with on, what pastor. he's given me. So that see, my, yeah. my stories do have a point. They may be long, but there you go. Yeah. I had to put you in the moment with me in the gym, yelling with me. You know? I think I saw some sweat. I'm pretty sure, like you know, being in the gym. Although I mean, I need a drink. Some clinking of <laughs> uh, some water of weights in the background. Uh, okay, I'm not going to make the joke right now. No, let's go. Uh, <laughs> so the whole point of this chapter, uh, that was good, Sam. Uh, the whole point of this chapter Preach. is God will help you find what you didn't mean to lose. Yeah. Uh, he'll open your eyes to the fact that you've lost it and, and only he can give it back to you. Um, you know, something you didn't mean to lose, something that may have happened slightly, something that may have happened slowly over time. Uh, but he can and will help you find it. And I think he's sitting there just waiting for us to ask for it. Yeah, prodigal mm-hmm. son kind of thing. Like, right. like it's just going to take us taking that first step, and then like you're talking, like you just said, like, and then he's going to meet us there. Mm-hmm. He meets us where we're at. We just got to like take that first step. All right, God, I'm I'm here. He saw us from afar off and come ran on. out to come get us. Come man. on, <laughs> I like it. Don't get me started on the I prodigal like son, man. Don't get me started. 
Awesome. <laughs> awesome. It's a great chapter. Uh, then he finishes up with a conclusion. Uh, he concludes with three prayers. Uh, these prayers are tough. Some would consider them dangerous. In fact, he does reference his his book, that, uh, another book that he's written called Dangerous Prayers. It's a good book. I would recommend it. It is mm. fantastic, incredibly challenging. Um, but prayers that he works into his life to keep it. Uh, this is not just, these aren't prayers that he prays to find it. These are prayers that he prays to keep it. And, mm-hmm. and he, he talks about how he has worked these into his life, not just that he does it one time. This is also key. He hadn't just done this one time. He's worked it into mm-hmm. his life, guys. That means he's he's repeating this. These prayers yeah. are a part of his daily life. And, so, and, and that's what it's going to take to keep it, right? Um, but the first one is, uh, God, stretch me. Uh, and, and so the first thing he challenges us to is let God stretch you. Attempt what others say can't be done. You have more in you than you realize. God has put more in your um, in you than anyone else sees. Ask God to stretch you. As he does, you might start to find it again. Um, and, and stretching is painful, right? Mm. Uh, becoming flexible, becoming able to stretch more is painful. Talk about the gym, you know. Building muscle yeah. is painful. Yeah. Another, another thing with that is people will stretch and they'll do it in short spurts and expect any growth to happen. You actually have to, it, it takes a long time for you to stretch for anything to actually happen. And consistency. And consistency, yes. Because as soon as you stop stretching, guess what happens? You get stiff again. Tie back up again, yep. Yeah, exactly. So if you stop let, if you stop asking God to stretch you, guess what happens? You lose it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's so good that he, he again he mentions that this is a this is this is a practice in his life. This is this is what he's asking God to do. He's worked these into his life. And so I love it. I love the visual of God stretch me, uh, make me more flexible, make me do things that I never thought I could do. I never thought I could touch my toes. But if you stretch me every day, uh, multiple times a day, guess what? I might be able to touch my toes, uh, mm-hmm. stuff like that. And so there's some people that dream of touching their toes. And so that's, that's a real, real image moment there. And so God stretch me. Uh, help me to do what I never thought I could do, what others definitely could never never think that I could do. Um, but you have equipped me and made me to do. Uh, another one he says um, is God ruin me. Mm. Um, what a dangerous prayer. Uh, mm. God ruin mm. me. Uh, and he says, if you want to keep it, ask God to ruin you. Expose yourself to something you know will move you. Feel the hurt. Let it grow. Let it bother you. Invite mm-hmm. it to overtake you. Mm-hmm. God loves to give it to ruined people. Mm. Uh, and it just makes me think of, uh, of, of the Sermon on the Mount. Mm. Uh, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed yeah. are the bankrupt. The people that yes. know I am nothing, God, without you. Yes. Uh, ruin me. Tear down anything that I'm building in place of you and absolutely make me rely on you and only you. Absolutely make me serve you and only you. Um, fill my heart, the holes, the hurt, the pain, anything with just love and worship and praise for you. Yeah. I think it's cool. We don't talk about really the disciple Matthew enough and necessarily for him to answer the call that Jesus called him to when he said to come follow me. Like there is so much to him just accepting that call. Mm-hmm. He he was a so they the tax collectors they had Jewish people um, do that job. So they became an outcast in their own society to, to do this job, to get this money. Disowned. Yes. They weren't allowed to go and worship in the temple like the mm-hmm. other people. Like they were not, he wasn't allowed to do any of this. And so, and also the second he chose to follow Jesus, 
he was going to be replaced in a day, like in that next second by Rome. Like they were just ready to just, they have a, okay, where's the next person, right? And so him choosing that, making that big risk is like, there's nothing for him to go back to. Like the other disciples, like Peter um, and, and those guys, they, I mean, they could go back to fishing if this Jesus thing didn't work out. Um, not to say they didn't take a risk. Obviously they did. But just looking at Matthew, like he had nothing to go back to. The only thing he had, everything else was taken away from him. The only thing he had, he dropped to follow Jesus. And and sometimes we can't even drop what we're doing to to read our Bible. Like mm. it's we we need him. And it only him. That's what we need. That's good. Yeah. God ruined me. What a, what a prayer. One of the prayers that I've prayed before that has been really challenging to pray is break my heart for what breaks yours. Mm-hmm. That is a very hard prayer to pray. It's very hard to see how that prayer is answered, <laughs> yeah. you know, cause he will literally put people, scenarios, situations in front of you that is going to break your heart, whether that would be injustice, whether that may be hidden sin or whatever the case may be. Um, you know, another, another prayer is, you know, your will be done. Wow. That's, and it will, but, um, you know, if, if you really want to be used by God, he's, he's going to, he's going to break you. He's going to mold you. He's going to shape you. He's going to form you. Um, yeah. And it will be uncomfortable for sure. Um, yeah. Cause it's, it's like building muscle really does cause a lot of pain. And well, it's you're like, it's, it it's down. Con- you're, you're literally tearing your body down. Mm-hmm. constantly tearing a different part of your body down a day in order to get stronger. That's good. That's good. And the last prayer he talks about is God heal me. Um, mm-hmm. And he challenges us with this thought to be healed. We have to first admit the ways we're sick or in need. You might have to face something you stuffed, ignored or rationalized for years. I think that's a, that's the thing that we tend to do nowadays is rationalize. Let's, let's, let's talk ourselves into why this sin is okay. Um, and, and so we've got we've to we've address some things. We've got to take our sins serious. We've got to take some stuff that we've stuffed, ignored, or rationalized for years, and we've got to deal with it. Mm-hmm. And we've got to realize that we're sick and we're in need, and we need to say, God, heal me. We've got we to gotta pull some skeletons out of the closet and expose them, right? Expose the darkness in our hearts and our souls and just shed some light on it. Um, I saw a quote not too long ago that said, sunshine is the best remedy uh, for darkness. Um, and so it's just like shine the sun, uh, Jesus, the light of the world on the darkness of your soul um, and deal with some of the things that we've stuffed, ignored or rationalized for years. God heal me. Mm-hmm. And again, that can be painful. Yeah, It can be dangerous too, because it's like, I've got to admit to people around me that, I've done something wrong that I've been hiding or something like that. And that, that's, that's scary, right? Yeah. So, and, and he asks this question, are you ready to confess your need? Um, and that's the question we got to kind of end with, right? Are you, are you ready to go for it? Are you ready to pray these prayers? Are you ready to work these prayers into your life consistently uh, so that you can yeah. keep it in your life? Well, I mean, a prayer that I would pray first is what are my needs, God? Like, because the first thing that you, when you, when you talk about needs, it's your, it's really your wants and your desires. Like, um, oh, I need more resources. That's why I don't have it. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I don't have the support. I don't, I don't have this. I don't, I don't have that. God didn't call you to complain about what you don't have. You know, like stop making that an excuse for why, you know, your, your needs aren't being met or whatever, or your wants aren't being met. It's like, God, what are my needs? Show me what I need to pray for in order, in order to, to be the leader that you've called me to be. That's good. You guys got any more thoughts? I love the, um, this prayer he kind of shares at the end of the book. Um, uh, may God bless you with discomfort at easy answers, half truths and superficial relationships so that you may live deep within your heart. May God bless you with anger at injustice, oppression and the exploitation of people so that you may work for justice, freedom, and peace. May God bless you with tears to shed for those who suffer from pain, rejection, and starvation, so that you may reach out your hand to comfort them and turn their pain into joy. And may God bless you with enough foolishness to believe that you can make a difference in this world so that you can do what other claim, others claim cannot be done. I think that's just... He ends the book with, with, with that thought, and I think it's just a a really, really fantastic kind of bow on the whole thing. I loved, I loved how he took these very negative sounding things and it's just all points to just the positive Mm. of, of it. Like, I don't even know how to explain, you know what I'm saying? Like, just, it's like, there's a, not imagery or um, like symbolism or just like how much, like we need to break ourselves down in order to get it. Mm. Like that at the end of the day, like we've, we've got to break ourselves down in order to get it. And I really like how he, he worded all of that. It's very yeah. thought provoking. It's powerful. Uh, we would, you know, rewind, go back and listen to it again. Sam read it in such a beautiful, slow, deep Thank voice. You. Thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. I tried to channel like, I tried to channel my- Some James Earl Jones. Yeah. Or, yeah. Or, <laughs> or like- Morgan um, Freeman. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say Morgan Freeman. Or uh, what's his name? Um, well, I don't know why I thought like the uh, the end of Thriller, like darkness falls across <laughs> the That's midnight good. hour. Anyway, but yeah. That's good. Well, awesome, guys. Great episode. Uh, thank you all for joining us. It's been a fun season. Uh, we would say new things are coming, right, guys? Uh, yeah. New things are coming. Uh, stay with us. Keep your eyes open. Uh, some things have changed in our lives, uh, my life particularly, Joel's life as well. Uh, we're not all here in Cleveland together all the time anymore. Uh, we're serving at different places, and so th- some things have changed in our lives. And because of that, we're going to do some some stuff, some rebranding, uh, but we're going to come back with another amazing season. I'm excited about it. Um, and so follow us on Instagram, GP Leadership Podcast, uh, for all the updates. Um, dude, it's been fun, right, guys? Yep, yeah. yes, sir. Yeah. Sure. Uh, we love doing this, um, and we just encourage you guys, our listeners, to be leaders. Lead from a place that is close to God and humble. Always strive to get better. And lead like it matters. And lead like yeah. it matters. That's right. Because when the leaders get better, everyone yes. gets better. That's that's Let's something that uh, I didn't Craig name drop there. Sorry. <laughs> I think uh, I just clipped the whole computer with my laugh the there. I just, just laughed straight the road. Oh no, he broke it. We've lost this episode. Cool. All right. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, for Justin, for Sam, for Sam, I'm Eric. See you next time. Bye. This has been the Church at Grace Point Leadership Podcast. Make sure to follow the show and share it with the leaders in your life. 
pick up a copy of Lead Like It Matters by Craig Rochelle and join the conversation. We would love to hear your feedback, answer your questions, and have conversations about Jesus with you. You can contact us by email at podcast at gracepoint.church or send us a message on Instagram at GP Leadership Podcast. Thank you for listening.